What Hugh Freeze has pulled off, we haven't seen at Auburn in a long time. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackbean. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does every Monday, Lindsey Crosby, writer at AuburnDaily.com, also the host of Locked On MLB Prospects. You're looking at what happened Friday. Walker White, Auburn moving in in the last moment. It's probably the biggest recruiting win, Lindsey, since Derrick Brown. Everybody thought Derrick Brown was going to go to Georgia, and then on signing day, Auburn swept in. Obviously, not as dramatic, right? Not as dramatic as what they did on on signing day that year. But just everybody that covers recruiting on a national scale and a lot of team-based reporters as well, everybody had him going to Clemson, Lindsey. But Hugh Freeze doesn't give up. Hugh Freeze continues to stay on him. It sounds like they had a very impactful conversation the night before. And Lindsey, Hugh Freeze does what he's done every time there's been an opportunity to win since he arrived at Auburn, he found a way to win and he commits to Auburn. From what I understand that call the night before was not just Hugh freeze. Apparently it was almost the entire coaching staff, like the entire offensive coaching staff got on, Mm -hmm. on the video chat to talk to this kid about, about the offense and how they plan to use them and all this stuff. And from what I understand, Philip Montgomery had a big hand in this. The first offer that he got, uh, from Philip 1L Montgomery right. was um, ended, ended up being a W for Auburn because uh, that relationship was pre-existing when Montgomery came on to Auburn. And it's just, I don't know. Like for me, this is the thing. We've been looking for the hope that Auburn was going to get back into the national championship conversation, right? Because yeah. the, the results on the field gave you no reason to believe Auburn was anywhere close to that. But going and getting a blue chip quarterback mm. that nobody thought you would do on such a short turnaround mm. tells you like, if you can get Walker white away from Dabo uh, the last minute you can get, you are, you are in it for any individual prospect and yeah. individual recruit that you are looking at. You are in the conversation. You are in the running. You have a shot. And that is what Auburn needed. Just like if nothing else for hope. And just to me, this is all about perception, right? I mean, he made this announcement on 247, like the National 247's YouTube page. There's thousands of people on there. I think there were like 50,000 people in there with me. It was a ridiculous amount watching it live. And to me, sure, he's probably going to be a good quarterback, Lindsey. He's not going to play for a while. I mean, it's going to be years till we see him actually like on the field at Jern-Hare Stadium just because I don't think he's going to start as a freshman by any means. He could, but I just don't think he's going to. But to me, it's all about perception, Lindsey. In a time where the last three, four, five years as Georgia has ascended and is now winning national championships, and obviously you know, you got Nick Saban just a few hours away, A narrative formed that just where Auburn was positioned in the SEC and where Auburn was positioned geographically, they couldn't recruit with Alabama and Georgia. And what happened Friday when Walker White 
put on the Auburn hat and his family, you know, revealed all the Auburn gear that they had under their jackets and things like that. Um, I think it proved him wrong. I think it proved that Hugh Freeze, whatever Hugh Freeze is preaching to these kids, and I asked him that last week in Mobile, and, you know, he, he's preaching, you know, Auburn being Auburn and all that stuff. And that's cool. But, like, man, if this guy can get a few seasons of play, like, where it's like, man, okay, Auburn's overachieving. They went 8-4 and four this year, whatever it may be. I just, I don't know, Lindsay, four years of this, and all of a sudden we, we're, we're a threat to win this thing. Like, I mean... <laughs> It's just, you know, you, you need you need several of these types of wins every single year. And over the course of time, they add up and they add up and they stack on themselves. And I just Friday, I experienced something covering that and doing a live show afterwards that I've never really gotten to do covering Auburn. I mean, signing day, early signing day was fun with all those flips, but we kind of saw all of those coming. Mm-hmm. What they did Friday, our guest Thursday night is it's like they snuck into the middle of the night. No one knew, and they just sat back. Nobody leaked anything. There was some smoke, but like there was nothing from Clemson's camp. Silence. They didn't believe it. They're like, no, there's no smoke. He's coming here. And so just the way they pulled it off, I mean, it was majestic. I mean, it was just so stoic, Lindsay. Yeah, it's it's not just the flip. It's the way the whole thing happened, like you said. And, and everybody being on the same page the media not leaking that the flip was happening if they even knew about it mm-hmm. i'm here watching the live stream on friday while i'm work or yeah friday thursday while i'm working friday yeah. it's like I'm, I'm sitting there you know just waiting because i like you said, i had heard some smoke heard some rumors but nothing yeah. was confirmed nothing to the point of we could run it on the side or anything and and it's th- this is what the big boys do this right. is what big dogs do and auburn hasn't felt like a big dog in years and i am so glad that we that we are a big dog again that's right and so as far as like what auburn's getting obviously seems like a good kid right i mean he kept talking and talking and talking arguably a little too long but it's his moment i'm not going to criticize that um especially now that he chose us but the, the whole aspect of like you know the culture and the offense and things like that just like Okay, when he was talking, I was like, this could be Hugh Freeze, but also could be Dabo, but also could be Baylor. Like, who, who knows exactly what he's going to pull? But obviously, uh, he pulled out the Auburn hat. Seems like a solid quarterback. Lindsey, um, Arkansas folks quickly went to the defense of, well, private school Arkansas kids don't always um, transition to, to the college game. And a a weird, I saw a few. I saw what a, few a weird Arkansas- cell phone. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, you go after those guys too, Razorback people. So, like, what are you doing? Um, it's like, it's the competition like, in your state. Like, in your state. Yeah, like, they're like, sucks. yeah, uh, Keel, Keel Frazier. You remember him? And it's like, yeah, because that's not the same thing. Like, let's not even pretend that it's the same thing there. Uh, he was recruited to play a specific offense and he never got to play. Like, that's not the same thing at all. But look, bottom line, we've talked about this before, Lindsay. Hugh Freeze does not care if you're a five-star. He doesn't care if you're a four-star. He rates all of these kids based on how he thinks they will fit in his system. And we've said it over and over and over again. Hugh Freeze gets the most out of his quarterbacks. He had him as the number one quarterback on his board. Lindsay, that's all I need to hear. That's all I need to hear. That's it. That's it. Hugh Freeze has identified exactly what he wants from his quarterback. He feels Hmm. like Walker White, of all of the options in the class of 2024, was the guy that brings him exactly what he needs. Yep. And 
we've seen before multiple times how the right scheme can either elevate or the wrong scheme can can like reduce a player's performance. Right. I feel having not watched Hugh Freeze coach a game at Auburn, I feel very good about how Walker White is going to do when he is eventually the starter. Understanding he won't even get here right. until 2024. And then probably a redshirt season as a true freshman, like a lot of true freshmen do. Probably, and I, right? And, I mean, probably. Yeah, and we, not, we can talk about sure. the timeline of it, but like probably, especially if Robbie wins. If Robbie's the quarterback, like definitely, right? Yeah, and on that note, I do think that this does not in any way impact if Auburn brings a transfer or not in May. Because mm -hmm. if Auburn was going to do it, I think it was going to be a, a, a one-year option. They look at Spencer St Sanders, who I believe had one year. They look at right. Grayson McCall, who had one year. It right. was going to be a, we think Robbie has traits, he has abilities, he's very raw and needs some more work, so we're going to bring in a stopgap. That would still be valid whether or not it was uh, Walker White as the quarterback in 24, Robbie Ashford, whoever it is. So I still think Auburn may look at a transfer depending on how spring goes, depending on how A-Day goes, yeah. depending on how Robbie Ashford looks actually throwing in front of Hugh Freeze and getting mm -hmm. instruction from a guy who uh, you know, made NFL QBs out of guys that we did not expect to be NFL QBs. Yeah, the only way I think it could, and I agree with you, I don't think it's going to impact who they pursue or if they pursue someone in the portal. I think what happens in spring may impact that, and you know, if folks leave after spring, I think it'll impact that. But maybe, maybe you're less likely to get a younger guy just to be kind of a backup. Maybe you're less likely to do that, but still, I mean, he's not going to be here till next year. Yeah, a senior, um, a grad transfer. I mean, at yeah. most, at most two years of eligibility. And That's I think right. it's you're probably looking at a one year and done, but at most two years. And if Hugh Freeze does the job we think he does, mm -hmm. the guy would probably go pro after the first year anyway. So that'd be awesome. That that'd be, be awesome. That'd be great. Despite the entire defensive backfield coming back, will we see a new starter in 2023? We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. Boy, Auburn fans have already seen the benefits of what a good hire looks like. It certainly seems like Hugh Freeze was a home run hire. And you want to make home run hires for your business as well. It's important. And you can do that at LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help achieve your goals. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, uh, your, your company, as well as their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. So check out LinkedIn Jobs to help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. Yes, for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Lindsey Crosby, our guest, as he is every single Monday. I haven't gotten a chance to respond to some of the, the, the two conversations that I aired last week. One was with Eku Liotta. One was with Derek Hall, the two guys that participated in, in, the, in the senior bowl for Auburn. But it led me to ask the following question. Is Keontae Scott a starter in 2023? Lindsay, just, I, I don't know if you're able to hear it, but Derek Hall went on and on and on and on about how impressed he was with Keontae Scott. We discussed how he was kind of 
He got to campus late, right? I mean, fall had already started, but he was just so good that people couldn't quit putting him on the field and couldn't quit, you know, they they couldn't stop talking about how impressive he was in fall camp. And then obviously it led to playing time more and more over the course of the season. But I'm seeing more and more people, I guess, agree with Derek Hall, Lindsay, and say that he is a starter in 2023. The most common place that I'm seeing him projected is a starting corner opposite of DJ James. Okay, that makes sense. I would put him over Nehemiah Pritchett, right? That's that's what we're all kind of assuming. You would put him over Nehemiah Pritchett. And Lindsay, I'm not saying that he can't do that. I'm just saying that he hasn't done that. Last year, Scott played 446 snaps at slot corner is how PFF puts it. We would call it the nickel in a lot of situations. He only played 12 snaps at outside corner. So my question to you, Lindsay, is does that matter? Is what happened under the previous staff, how important is it? Or could they come in and say, no, Keontae Scott, like, He's got the body of an outside corner. He's talented enough. He's physical enough at the line of scrimmage. He can play wherever. Or do you think they look at that and say, well, you know, he he probably needs to be in the middle of the field. Where do you lay with all of this? The point I was going to make when you started that question was he is six foot tall with a decent wingspan. And so 185 pounds is what he's listed as. I feel like that's usually a little bit... um, pushed up a bit for defensive players. He might be a little bit underneath that. So, but maybe next uh, year he will be at that, you know, maybe who knows. Right. But, uh, you know, played a lot in the slot. If you Mm -hmm. look at some of his, not only PFF grades, but also at, um, you know, some of his statistics and things like that did a good job as far as having the physicality. And so I don't worry as much about, well, he's a little undersized or possibly undersized for the outside. I think with Ron Roberts coming in and understanding that this defense is going to be different than what they did last year, I don't want to say you completely throw out what they did last year, but I do think that that concern of, well, he hasn't done it on the outside is a little bit minimized compared to a normal offseason because you do have a new coach. Yeah, and it and I don't know if this is true, but a narrative has emerged where it's going to be like him and Nehemiah Pritchett kind of battling for the same reps. I don't know if that's entirely true, but for the sake of this conversation, let's keep this going. So Nehemiah Pritchett last year played more. He played, I mean, he was a starter. Pritchett did a little bit of both. He did a lot of one, a little bit of the other. He played 500 at outside corner, and it was pretty split. 270 on the left side, 230 on the right side. And then he also played over 100 snaps, 105 snaps at the slot. And so it's like, he can kind of do anything. Does that make it more likely um, for him to, I don't know. I mean, you could line him up at both of those. And I think feel somewhat comfortable. I think there was some inconsistencies there, but you're going to get that with most college defensive backs. So I don't think mm-hmm. you saw any more of the, you know, the lows from Pritchett than you did other defensive backs throughout college football and throughout the SEC. So, uh I'm just not sold that Pritchett's not a starter, Lindsay. Well, I think the other part of this conversation is the fact that in modern college football, for the most part, you are your base is the nickel. You are always right. with three cornerbacks and two safeties on the field. And so 
it ends up being a little bit of semantics, whether or not he's the outside or he's the nickel, because in all likelihood, they're all going to be on at the same time. All three of these guys, DJ James, Demi Pritchett, Keontae Scott, are all going to be on the field at the same time. Do you think so? Do you think that's true? I think it's something where you're going to have to have your so who best do you take cover off the man. field. Who do you take off the field then? You take Donovan Kaufman off the field? You take Zion Puckett off the field? Jalen Simpson? I think your base ends up being a five defensive back look. And so you've got these three corners, and then your two safeties are probably Donovan Kaufman based on what he's done. And whoever you feel like best fits the scheme in that second safety position. Interesting. But it's just something like, look at the coverage grades. Keontae Scott comes in at, on 360 coverage snaps at a 71. Nehemiah Pritchett, 395 coverage snaps at a 73. And What a great <laughs> problem to have. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> like depth will always work itself out. We're over here. We, we had this same a version of this exact same conversation Mm-hmm. Early in the spring last year, about how do you get enough pass rushing snaps? Hold on, let's, call let's, don't, let's don't cut this off quite yet. DJ James coming back with an eighty-five point seven coverage grade. Donovan Kaufman coming back with a seventy-four point seven coverage grade. Uh, then Jalen Simpson with a sixty-eight. And I bet if you just took the last half of the season after you moved to safety, um, that would shoot up even higher. So I mean, all of these guys coming back. What an incredible problem to have. I have never once been concerned about Auburn's defensive backs not being good enough or not having enough talent in the room. It's just, this is who, like, I don't know if there's somebody who claims to be DBU, but I think other than Dallas Baptist University, shout out to their baseball team, great facilities. But uh, I think that Auburn can make the case that, like, DBU, we had, what, three defensive backs in last year's Super Bowl? I mean, it's just... It's a wealth of riches, and I we had the same conversation last year when we were talking about um, Marcus Bragg and Hall and Leota and all of that. Depth will always work itself out. This is a good problem to have because you play so many defensive backs, um, and injuries happen, uh, poor, poor stretches of play, scheme things. You'll have enough snaps to keep all of these guys on the field and active until one of them gives you a reason not to. All right, let's give our guesses for going into the 2023 season who the stars in the defensive backfield will be, I guess, going into the spring over the next few weeks. We'll touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Got to tell you, though, about our our favorite protein bar, Lindsay. It is Built Bar. My favorite is uh, the Salted Caramel. Got a few of those in my pantry downstairs. I love having them for breakfast, Lindsay, because it's easy. You can just grab it. And I dip it in my coffee and just the melted chocolate, the gooeyness. Oh my gosh. You just like dunk it for about five seconds and then take a nice bite. Makes the coffee a little bit better too. There's a lot to like. I'm a churro guy. I like the churro ones, Mm, especially, especially because uh, dietarily, I cannot actually eat churros because of the whole gluten celiac thing. Oh, but but Bill Bars, you can. Because Built Bars, not only great in protein and calories, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, but, uh, you know, so it fits all your macros, but they're gluten-free, they're paleo, all the different, whatever dietary lifestyle you have, just about, they fit it. And that's yeah, what's got great a lot going on there. They got a lot going on there for sure. So uh, you can go to Built.com or also now they're available at Sam's Club or Walmart. Thank you so much to Built Bar for partnering 
with Locked On. Also got to tell you about our friends at Alumni Hall. Lindsay, it's almost baseball season. And if you don't have your baseball swag, if you want to get your baseball jerseys and things like that, you need to check out our friends at Alumni Hall. I've got their website up right now, alumnihall.com. As soon as you pop on, right now you see a bunch of Tennessee stuff. Just ignore that. Go to the Auburn part of the website, and they've got you covered with all kinds of uh, different sports, uh, Auburn sports attire, jerseys, hats, whatever it may be. They've got you covered. Also, drinkware, stuff for your walls. Lindsay, you've shopped at Alumni Hall. I've shopped at Alumni Hall. We heavily, heavily recommend it. There is no better Auburn baseball merch, or there, there's no better Auburn logo than the baseball script Auburn, and Alumni Hall's got tons of it. That's right. It is That's the right. perfect logo. They've also got basketball jerseys, too. Sometimes those are kind of tough to find. So be sure to check all that out at alumnihall.com, or if you're in the Auburn, Opelika, or Huntsville markets, they've got um, physical stores there as well. Alumnihall.com. All right, Lindsay, here's, I'm going to take a stab um, at, at these starters, and I think they're going to be similar to how last year ended. And really, the aspect I'm most excited about is Jalen Simpson. Once he moved to safety towards the end of the year, kind of had to move there out of necessity, and somehow he was just way better. Which is funny because at a corner, when he was farther off the line, he got got lost. But when you're a safety, I guess it's because his first step is forward. I don't know what it is, but he was exceptional. He was exceptional. All right, so. The starters that I have at defensive back going this spring, the two outside corners, I've got DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett. I think that second corner is going to be where the most conversation happens. We already kind of hinted at that. My safeties, I have Zion Puckett and Jalen Simpson, and I have Donovan Kaufman at the nickel. See, Donovan Kaufman is commonly put at the nickel, and it's surprising that he's as successful as he is. You know, 5'10", 205. I think some of that is the experience, right? Mm -hmm. He's played it a lot. Part of me wonders, uh, would he be better in that center field role? But I think that that's what we saw out of Simpson once he got out there. So listen to this. Okay. Last year, he played 543 snaps. I think he missed a few games too, so that's actually pretty remarkable. He played 128 at the slot corner. Okay. He played just 13 at wide corner. And he played 188 at free safety. And then the rest was just kind of all spread out. He actually had a few where he was in the box, technically on the edge as well, just because they did so many different things with him. And I think with what Ron Roberts is going to do defensively, that's the dude that they move all over the place. And Donovan Kaufman, like that's who he is. And so I think that's it. And if you want to go like, you know, do a three, four or a four, three and kind of, you know, put an extra linebacker on the field to take a safety off, you know, maybe you take Puckett or Simpson off and you move them to safety. That's what I kind of think is going to happen there. But like you said, I think we're going to do a lot of four, two, five nickel based stuff. And I think he's going to be the guy that's all over the place. Yeah. And it's, it's a function of Puckett's your biggest defensive back as far as 227. And then right after him, you're looking at Kaufman at 205. And watching some of what Ron Roberts does, it feels like you're going to want somebody a little bit bigger at a nickel because Roberts likes to send blitzers from all over the field. And it's different to send a 178-pound Jalen Simpson than to send a 227-pound Zion Puckett or a 205-pound Donovan Kaufman. That's fair. 
I feel like Kaufman's going to be the one who's going to wreak the most havoc as far as the guy that we throw all around. We put him, he plays everywhere. He can do almost anything. Yep. Uh, he can probably pay, play box linebacker on super obvious passing downs. Sure. While we have pure coverage guys behind him. Um, but trying to figure out, like you mentioned, Pritchett versus Scott feels like the biggest position battle of the spring on the defensive backfield. Uh, DJ James locked in. Uh, again, you said Simpson. Feel good about that. Uh, I want to think that Kaufman isn't necessarily going to have a position. He'll just be moved around everywhere. And I think you're kind of talking about he'll probably have almost equal snaps at two or three different positions. And it's just who do you fill in around him? I almost want to say that like you figure out you're starting four as far as your two outside corners, your two safeties, and then Kaufman is the first man up for whatever the fifth job is. Because mm. he's going to be on the field almost all the time. He's just going to be doing different things from snap to snap to snap. It'll be actually kind of impressive to watch and break film of, like break down film of later. Yeah, that will be fun. And then guys like Keontae Scott that we mentioned, like he's going to play starter snaps. I don't know if he'll be on the field to start the game, but he'll play starter snaps. And then J.D. Rim is a guy that impressed a lot of people. Like, that may be Donovan Kaufman's backup, possibly. Those those Valdosta guys, they're they're vicious from down there. I forget you're a Valdosta, dude. And then then Kay and Lee, right? I mean, one of the more talented players in the 2023 class coming in. And, like, I think he's a nickel, but maybe not. Maybe we'll see him at outside corner. I just think his size makes more sense in the middle of the field, but we'll see. And look, Marquise Gilbert, like, has he really been given a fair shake of things? Like, as one of those backup safeties, I think he's physically everything that you want. And you mentioned the size, like, he's a bigger dude back there. And so, yeah, those are those are some other names that I'm excited to see how they kind of sprinkle in. Yeah, Gilbert, 6'2", 178, good length up, you know, and stuff like that was the he's number one. 178? He's 178 on Armand's roster. He, he was so the, much bigger than that. <laughs> he was Maybe the number the one Juco safety in the country. Yeah. And so it's like, there you've got to think that given another year to acclimate, he's going to have a bigger role. And it's mm-hmm. again, back to the second segment. It's a great problem to have. Right. Depth will always work itself out. There will be plenty of snaps. You will face teams that make you have six defensive backs on the field. You will have to rotate guys in and out. Uh, that, that will be common. The thing that I do want to see you see wide receivers rotate a lot more than defensive backs do. And I think that there is something to be said for a football team that's willing to rotate in defensive backs more often. Kind of like how Bruce Pearl, when things are going really well, has a deeper rotation than a lot of other teams. I do think that would give you something later in games. Guys, your, star, your studs having fresher legs. And I think that's something Auburn could implement depending on how the install goes, just given the amount of depth until somebody gets hurt where you can no longer do that. Lindsay, thank you for your time as always. How can people give you some love and support you, my friend? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show, Locked in MLB Prospects, available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. You can find the writing, auburndaily.com. Just dropped a bunch of stuff about the baseball scrimmage over the weekend and the the Diamond Club banquet. Nice getting to meet Casey Mize. Pretty cool. Uh, And the merch, aushirts.com. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com as well. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.